Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. Greater is he who's in us than he that's in the world, and when we yield to him and follow him, uh, we win. Every time. If we ignore him and do our own thing, that's how to lose <laughs> over and over. But uh, I can tell from here, you're smarter than that, right? So get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom with us. Let's release faith to hear from him today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this. We ask you for the anointing that teaches us and reminds us and reveals to us. We're asking you for utterance and the direction and help of your Holy Spirit for answers today and for the quickening and, and building up of our inner man and our outer man. Thank you for meeting all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn, please, in, in the Scriptures to Philippians, the second chapter, and let's continue in our study about uh, faith for healing. You know, you can have faith strong in one area, and yet no faith at all in another area. Uh, I've had people tell me, you know, sometimes, well, you know, so-and-so, they're really having a lot of trouble in this area, but they have a lot of faith. And in, in talking to them, you realize they have no faith <laughs> in that area. And yet, what are they talking about? Well, they have faith that God is real. They have faith that they're saved. Um, and, and that's wonderful. That's good. But that doesn't mean you have faith that your needs will be met or faith to receive a healing. Or, so if that's the case... Uh, how do you get faith for the area that you're weak in? You need to hear what the Lord said on that area, that specific area. And so to be uh, in good shape spiritually, you need to be getting fed on a regular basis. Fed in this area and then fed some in this area and then fed some in this area. Where are you going to get that? Well, you should be a part of a good, strong local church where you're getting fed. Not just talking about politics and social reform and, and reading you know, somebody's poem. Uh, there needs to be some anointed verses, yeah. right? Yeah. That you're hearing that's feeding you in those areas. So it is vitally important that you receive the Lord as your Lord and Savior, and then that you immediately uh, see where you're supposed to be in the local assembly. And you want to uh, attend there. You want to be fed there. And you want to serve there. 
You want to make yourself available to do things and, and to help and to be a part because uh, uh, building the kingdom and building the church is the most important thing happening on the planet. The Lord said, I'm, I'm building my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Uh, there are also supplemental things like, like this, like faith school. The Lord uh, directed us to do this to give you supplements, to give you boosters <laughs> in the specific area of faith. Faith. Now, there's other things in the Word than faith. I know that. But this is our lane. This is our call and ministry. So um, uh, when you need to boost your faith and need to feed your faith, here we are. <laughs> faith school, come join us and come give, give yourself to it and feed on that thing. We studied about the healings in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 20 of them. And then we looked in the book of Acts at five different ones there. And all of them are available. You go to online to faithschool.org, O-R-G, and you can watch any of them, no cost, no charge. And it would help you to see everything that went before where we are now because we're building on that. Every one builds upon another. But there's only one account in the epistles that I'm aware of that we're given any detail about who the person was, what was wrong with them, how they got healed. And that's this man called Epaphroditus. In, it's written in, in Philippians. We have the record of it. Um, Philippians 2 and verse uh, 25. He said, Yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because you had heard that he had been sick. We see later he talks about, you know, why and how he got sick and, and what happened to him. Thank, thankfully, he was healed. The Lord had mercy on him and healed him. But I want you to notice this part before we go further. He longed after you all. Well, this, this is his home church back home, you know. And, of course, at that point, 800 miles from home <laughs> was a long way. Uh, a lot of people were born, live, and die and never go outside of a 20-mile area back then. And so to be 800 miles away, a thousand miles away, that's the kind of people you never heard from again. But there obviously was some, there were ships and there were caravans. And so it was possible to get a message from one place to the other. It worked part of the time. But then it was also, it could be months, depending on what happened. And so um, they had heard that Epaphroditus had been sick and was in bad shape. But he was already healed, <laughs> and they hadn't heard that part. <laughs> so they're upset. You know, uh, there's a real lesson there. There's a real lesson there. Um, our, our time thing can be so skewed. You can hear about, let's say, a, a believer that really messed up. 
You know, they just, they sinned big time. And even in our day of lightning fast, instant messaging and everything else, still, for all you know, they've already repented. Right? By the time you heard about it, and if you hadn't repented over something, they may be in better shape than you are. (laughs) You heard about the big problem, but that's not the whole story. And so we never outwardly, mentally have the full story in this life. Never. Are y'all with me, class? Now, this is important. This is so many people jump to conclusions based on a piece of a story that they know nothing about. And so you, you want to, yes, you want to uh, use your mind, but you want to rely not on your information you've gathered from your senses out here. You want to rely on the one inside you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean. To your own understanding. And you want to keep reminding yourself. uh, One thing about so-called faith people. And I'm one of them. That's our bunch. Yet many so-called faith people have been easy targets. They've been gullible. They've been easily duped. Easily tricked. Easily deceived. Why? Well, we're trained, we're taught, we believe to trust without understanding, without seeing, right? We train ourselves, we we believe it, walk by faith, not by sight, right? But that's trusting God, class. (laughs) That's trusting God who's never lied to you. Never will. Who cannot fail. You don't trust everybody else that way. You don't trust everything you hear that way. No, 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 no. When you hear things, and oh man, in our day and age, with all the, the media and all the stuff, you know, social media, all the stuff that's going on, There is this constant barrage of this happened, this didn't happen, somebody said this, somebody did this. Most of it is wrong or partially wrong. And the thing is, how are you going to know? If you weren't there, you didn't see it, you didn't hear it, then you're trusting what somebody else said and are you trusting somebody you never even met? that you don't know that saying something on a TV or news program or on a social media outlet, somebody posted something. How do you know they're not the biggest liar in the county? (laughs) Right? How do you, how do you know? So you want to continually remind yourself uh, when it comes to God, yes, trust, even when you don't have a clue, of understanding. If he says it, that's the way it is. I don't care if it doesn't look that way, it don't feel that way. We trust him without seeing, without feeling, without understanding. 
Everybody else? We're going to question. Is that right? We're going to look at it. We're going to check it and we're not going to be quick to believe everything we hear. You need to remind yourself, how do I know that's true? How do I know that's right? Yeah, well, everybody's saying, well, now you know that's not right. Huh? How about this one? All experts agree. You know that's a lie, right? You know that's a lie. What field of any kind do all experts agree? You know that's a lie, right? So keep telling yourself, how do I know this? How do I? When the Lord tells you something, you can count on that. Everybody else, everything else, you better question it. You better look at it. Be slow about accepting that. He said that, uh, uh, you know, they had heard that he had been sick. Of course, by now, he's already healed. So it's, there's no longer any reason for them to be upset, and yet they're all upset. I said there's no longer any reason for them to be upset because what they're upset about is history. And it's not even that way now. And yet, they're upset. They're thinking, poor Epi. <laughs> oh, what a good man he was, you know. <laughs> what a good man. Now, you're laughing, but as a church, we, we have seen this over and over again in our churches. Somebody calls, you know, there's a panic they're screaming, somebody got their foot cut off. Huh? Did they? Did they? Turns out it was a two-inch cut. <laughs> Required three stitches. <laughs> now you're laughing. I'm not exaggerating. This has happened over and over again. So, you know, this happened, that happened. Such panic, such exaggeration, such, and like I said, okay, well, that was when? Well, how are they now? I don't know. I ain't talked to them in two weeks. Well, well we don't know then. Uh, calm yourself when you hear things. Uh, and and to keep telling yourself, no, we don't know yet that that is what happened. I'm not, tell, I'm not saying you call people liars when they're scared and telling you stuff. You just know yourself. People have a tendency to overstate to exaggerate, or to say stuff that they got third hand and tell it like it's the truth. And uh, faith people are stable people. We which do believe uh, have entered into rest, the scripture said. So faith people always calm. Why? Because God's on the throne, right? No matter what has happened, uh, we may not know all the answers in our head, but we know who does, right? And we got a direct line to him. We know him. He knows us. We're his kids. And so no matter what it is, uh, we're going to make it through this. We're going to have the answer. We'll have victory one way or the other. It'll be the way he shows us. But uh, they were full of heaviness because they had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick, unto death was, but God had mercy on him, not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. He's already healed, and they're still depressed before they got this letter. 
They're depressed, and there's no reason for them to be depressed. You know, it reminds me of the story of uh, uh, Israel and his sons and how Joseph, you know, was sold into slavery. You remember that? And his uh, uh, knucklehead brothers brought back his coat all bloodied and showed it to their father and said, you know, tiger must have got him, you know, bear must have got him. So sorry. And, and he grieved for years. And his son is not dead. <laughs> he, he grieved, he sorrowed for year after year after year. And finally, when the famine was on and his brothers came to Egypt and he's there he is, top man, distributing the food and he revealed himself to them and he, he sent them back and said, tell my father, you know, and the family, come here, we'll take care of you through the rest of the famine. Well, when they told him, he didn't believe it. He's like, no, no, y'all are, y'all are playing a game with me. No. And finally, uh, Joe, well, well, Joseph at that same time, he sent wagons full of supplies, Egyptian wagons. And when he saw, when his dad saw the wagons, he thought, well, it must be true. Because, <laughs> you, know, you know, they don't just send wagons like that out of Egypt with supplies. I mean, these are Pharaoh stuff and, and royalty stuff. And um, so he was definitely walking by sight, Right. He's not going to believe until he sees. And when you are insistent upon believing the bad things you hear and not even checking them out and, and just wallowing in the sorrow, you are going to have pain you didn't have to have. You are going to go through grief and sorrow that you don't have to have. Didn't the Bible say we don't sorrow like those who have no hope? Huh? No. And so, uh, you know, he, he could have inquired of the Lord. Is my son really dead? Instead of just being so quick to assume the worst. Being negative is, is not being a faith person. Being uh, prone and quick to believe the worst, to believe the bad. Oh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't doubt it. Yeah. That's the way it is. It's so, uh, you know, everything's, he said, everything's against me. Everything's against me. Well, that's a negative bent. And, and he's not even looking for hope or for an answer. And if you don't look for it, you're not going to find it. The truth is, his boy is alive and well and eating better than him. <laughs> Come on, can you see that? At this point, now he had gone through some things, but at this point, he's number two man in the most powerful empire in the world. And God's got him in a position to help them and save them. What are we talking about this? Faith doesn't look at the things that are seen, but at the things that are unseen. We walk, said out loud, we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is positive and and faith is trusting more in, in God in me than in what I'm seeing with my own eyes, what I'm hearing with my own ears. The scripture says, 
don't judge just after the seeing of your eye or the hearing of your ear, but judge right judgment, righteous judgment. Don't judge according to appearances, but judge right, a righteous judgment. Say it out loud, Lord, help me to be aware and not make hasty judgments based on what I see or hear or feel, but to always remember to check with you, to check inside, to ask you and inquire of you that I may find out how it really is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Will save yourself so much pain, so much sorrow? Can you see they're grieving over something that's not even that way anymore? Uh, Joseph's father grieved for years. What did that do to his health? What did that do to his relationships? What did that do? And, you know, even with a, even if somebody has gone on, if they're a believer, they're with the Lord. Is that right? We didn't lose them. They just relocated. Right? They, they didn't cease to exist. They just departed from here. And we'll see them again real soon. God time. If it's 50 years, it'll go by so quick. Next thing you know, you'll be hugging them. They'll be hugging you. So why do I need to grieve and sorrow like the in everything has ended and nothing good can happen anymore, why should I sorrow like unbelievers, like those that don't even believe the Bible, like those that don't even believe there's a God or a heaven or life after this? I'm a believer. You're a believer. Let's act like it. I said, right? Let's act like believe. What does that mean? Believers are positive. Believers have joy. In the face of adversity, believers have peace and strength. They're overcomers. They're not quitters. They always talk about the bright side. They always talk about the good side. They always talk about the victory and the overcoming, not dwelling on the problem. They dwell on the answer, not the need. Hallelujah. So when it says that... uh, He longed after you and was full of heaviness because you had heard that he had been sick. Notice in this same book, go back to the the 21st verse here. Talking about Timothy, verse 20, I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state, for all seek their own and not the things which are Jesus Christ. Notice that phrase, all seek their own. Back up to the, uh, the very beginning of the chapter, chapter 2, the third verse. He said, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Part of the reason why people are negative is because of being self-centered self-focused, only seeking your things. See, for instance, Joseph's father. He kept talking about how bereaved he was and that he would go to his grave in grief. Well, see, 
Who's he thinking more about than, than anybody? Himself. How it's affecting him. And that is the natural inclination of the unsaved person or the carnal person that's not growing up and developing spiritually. All you got to do to be self-centered is wake up in the morning. <laughs> that's, all, that's all you got to do. Wake up in the morning and just focus on your thoughts and feelings about yourself, which are already there. And they just come naturally because you're more aware of what's happening to you than anybody else is aware of what's happening to you. And it's easy to just live a self-focused, self-centered life without meaning to. Because all you do is think about how I feel, what I want, what I need. And if your forehead was a TV screen, we could see that every show is about me. <laughs> huh? There are, you know, me, flip the channel, me, me, there's some commercials about me, there's me reruns, and that is depressing. I said, that, that. <laughs> now you're laughing, but have you ever thought too much about me? Talking about yourself? Yeah, you have. Yes, I have. Yeah. It, you can do it without meaning to. And so uh, the Spirit of God through Paul said, this is, this is quite a phrase for him to say. He said, now, Timothy, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. I don't have anybody like him. He said, because he naturally cares for you. And all seek their own and not the things that are Jesus Christ. His experience in person after person after person is that they, they, they primarily and mostly and only cared about themselves and what they wanted and what they needed. We see Epaphroditus is the same type of person to Timothy because when he heard that people were upset that he was sick, uh, he didn't enjoy that. He didn't go... I knew you loved me. I knew you did. <laughs> Such crying as that and carrying on. Oh, people, people think it makes them feel good that people are upset because of their situation. But not if you love them. You're not happy that they're grieving and upset, especially if there's no reason for it. Right? He wants them not to be upset over him. He's good. And even if he wasn't, he didn't want them upset over them. If you care about people, you don't want them distracted and burdened about issues with you. In fact, we're told to cast all our cares, not on our family. Is that right? Not on our spouse. Not on, and on I actually had somebody tell me when he said, he, he said, I think God gave us our spouses to unload on to vent on. No. 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 Cast all your cares on who? Over on Him. Over on Him. Not on each other. And our time's up again. <laughs> Say thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, for making me carefree. 
and not a burden to others. Hallelujah. Our time's up today. Come back tomorrow. There's more to see about the healing of this man. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.